0: Good morning again, Northwood. Morning. Oh, come on now, come on now. If y'all hadn't figured out yet, I'm wired just a little bit on edge. I came that way, and I'm excited to have an opportunity to share the word of God today. Truly, truly an honor for those of you that I don't know, have never met. I'm Arnie. Uh, There's my son Nicholas there, my wife, and the rest of my family is actually at our Wiggins campus. That is our home campus, and again. We are excited to be here today. And before we get into the word of God, I, I would like to say uh, a shout out to Pastor Casey and, and Carrie uh, in terms of them marrying their daughter uh, off on yesterday. Uh, she is now Miss Haley Turner, as I stand it. Let's give it up. Give it up for them. We're so excited about what God is still doing in the lives. Of believers, and um, we just want to bless them and this newly, this 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 new couple that God has brought together. And uh, I'd be without remiss if I did not acknowledge our senior pastor, our lead pastor, Pastor Jordan Cody. Uh, pretty much the whole uh, the Cody family is in Bur- Birmingham today. They could very well be traveling back. But um, let's honor our pastors also with a round of applause this morning. <laughs> Not only do we want to welcome those that are here in the auditorium, but we also want to take just a moment to welcome you that have decided on this Sunday morning to to take just a moment to tune in with us. And uh, again, we're so excited about what God is doing uh, through us, through the word. And as uh, Scott has already mentioned, we have been in the book of James now 10 weeks. This is actually our 11th and final week. And I don't know about you, but there has just been so many lessons, so many things that I have learned and have been able to take away from the book of James. And today will be no other. You know, a lot of times before we have an opportunity to get up and share the word, we have to digest that word ourselves. So we come fully loaded on Sundays, not because that we've got this word down packed in us already. It's because that the Holy Spirit is working in us too. And I'm trusting today that as we go through the word, that he's going to open up, open up and share with you anything and everything that you need for him to speak to your heart. Amen. Amen. Let's dive right in. So as we look at the book of James, just by way of a brief recap, the church is going through a very troublesome time. There's a lot of persecution going on. James has already told the brethren to count it all joy. He has already told them to count it all joy when you're faced with many trials, when you're faced with many tribulations. So I believe today, as we start in the fifth chapter of James, at our seventh verse, I believe he's amping it up a little bit. He's not only here telling them to count it all joy, he is telling them to be patient in your suffering. To be patient in your suffering. Now, wait a minute. A couple of chapters back, it was count it all joy. And now you're telling me, James, to be patient in the suffering? And he also goes a bit farther and tell us to be faithful. In prayer. Now, I don't know if y'all are like me or not, but man, my, my patience is about that long. I mean, when we pray, we want our prayers answered right away. But James is encouraging us today that we have to be patient even in our suffering. In the seventh verse, it states like this Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Until the coming of the Lord. Does anybody know when Jesus is coming back? <laughs> James is telling us to be patient until that comes back. So, so sometimes I know in our, in our haste to have our prayers answered, sometimes we ask, our, ask God, how long? How long, Lord, will I continue to have to contend with this? How long must I have to continue to repent for these things? How long, Lord, do I have to stay in this pit or this dark spot or this troublesome spot in my life? And James is telling us until the coming of the Lord. He gives us a beautiful example. He says, see how the farmer waits for precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives The early and the late rains. The early and the late rains. I believe James is telling us here is that let's let God and allow God to finish the good work that he has started in us. Sometimes, you know, when we go out, you kind of see the farmer and he goes out and he plants those seeds in the ground. That farmer doesn't go out every day and dig the seeds up to kind of see what's going on. He trusts the earth to do what it does. He is responsible for planting the seeds. In essence, we are responsible for praying, and we have to trust God to do what he's going to do, even if it takes until he returns. He says, you also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Look at somebody and say, God is faithful. faithful. Look at them again and say, "God God is faithful. We have to establish our hearts. We have to establish our hearts. We have to be grounded. We have to be rooted in the truth and in the word of God. And if we're not established in that, guys, what we will do is we'll go out and try to dig the seed up. We'll go back in those confessions that we've made. We'll begin to to curse the very things that we have been asking God for all so long to do in our lives. But when our hearts are established, we got something to stand on because we all know that life has its ups and life has its downs. Pastor Van used to say years ago that when the farmer would plant his, his seed, his corn seeds in the ground, He says the farmer could could almost already smell the cornbread. (laughs) Now, I don't know. I don't know how you can put dead seeds in the dirt. And in a short time later, you got a full ear of corn. But I don't know about you, but I got some dead things in my life. And you may have some dead things in your life that you might need to plant and give to God. And let him bring about a fresh fruit in your life. I can smell a little bit of cornbread today. I don't know about you, but I'm standing on some things that I want God to answer in my life. Now, as we are waiting so patiently doing our suffering, there are some things, church, that we cannot do. And James describes this in verse 9. He says, do not grumble. "...against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged." Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example, here's another great example, "...as an example of suffering and patience, brother, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord." He says, "...behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord." How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, and this is what he's telling us today do not swear either by heaven or by earth or any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Let's break those scriptures open just a little bit. Don't grumble. Don't grumble, stop murmuring, stop complaining, stop murmuring, stop complaining. It's not a trait of one that is saying that they're standing fast or remaining steadfast upon the promises of God. It's hard to do both, guys. It's hard to do both and we shouldn't do both. And it refers to Job here. And if you've read the story about Job, Job has some grumbling in there. So I'm not saying that we're perfect while we should not grumble. When we do, we have to quickly repent and get back in line with the promises of God. When we grumble, we kind of take ourselves away from what God is trying to do in our lives. When we grumble, it's kind of maybe a red signal to let us know, am I really, really trusting God? Am I truly convinced? that he will do what he said that he would do. In verse 12, it is basically telling us to not compromise our character. Have you ever found yourself trying to bargain with God? God, if you will do this, then I'll do this. God, if you will if you'll allow this to happen, then I'll do this. Lord, if you get me out of this, then I'll do this. Has it ever dawned on you that God may be testing the genuineness of your faith to see if you will stand during this small trial because he has greater things in store for you? Could it be that he just wants to see if you're going to stand with him when things are getting tough? We don't have to bargain with God. It is not necessary. He is not hiding from you. He says that he has opened the windows of heaven. His heart is to pour blessings out upon you. Scripture also lets us know that he hears our prayers and that his eyes are upon the righteous. We have to have a heart. Even when we're suffering, the heart of Jesus, when he says, not my will, Lord, but let your will be done, our posture our posture can best be summed up in Romans 12 and 12. It says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. How do we do that? Well, we got to have the promises of God on the inside of us in order for us to be able to rejoice. Otherwise, the scripture that tells us to be patient in our suffering, it don't make sense. Well, this is how it makes sense that when we trust and stand on the word of God, we can truly rejoice in hope and be patient during these turbulent times that life throws our way. And we're also to be constant in prayer. I'm reminded of what Jesus said, and he says this, it is for the joy set before me that I endured the cross. Are you enduring your cross today? Are you being steadfast? Are you trusting God in the midst of your suffering? If someone were to look at you, would they know that you are a child of God by the way you are handling what you may be going through? We have to understand this as believers. Because sometimes when we give our life to Christ, we think about comfort. And God's supposed to make me feel good all the time. And that's not the case. God is more concerned with our sanctification than our comfort. He is more concerned about the process. He is more concerned about the pruning of the things out of your life. So that when we talk about the genuineness of your faith, when he gives us these things to do, he has to know that he has given it to someone that's not going to fade that's going to fade away at the first opportunity they get to bail. God is not as concerned with your comfort, but he is more concerned with the process. And that's what we call sanctification. We're supposed to be patient in our suffering, as we have learned from James already. Now, I've already stated this, and this is obvious. We may have all wavered from time to time. There are some things in my life i 'm probably in my seventh year of waiting on an answer from God. You know what? I have wavered. I have turned and gone down some some roads only to have to repent and sometimes I go around that circle again that 's okay. I know where my source is. There have been times i 've gotten ahead of god we 've all wavered. I had a surgery a couple of years ago on my neck and pretty much had lost all the strength in this right arm here and Two and a half years into it, I'm praying, Lord, your word says that by your stripes I am healed. Sometimes I ask, Lord, why hadn't my full strength come back in my arm yet? And I have to camp out when the scripture says that my grace is sufficient for you, Arnie. And when I have to stand on the truth of his word regardless of how it feels, you are healed. And I have to tell myself that. But I'll tell you right after that surgery, I could only lift three pounds. Three pounds, and to, and to make it even sadder, the weight was a pink little dumbbell. <laughs> I was telling Miss Diane before church, I was a guy that tried out with the Chicago Bears. I was plenty of strong. Now I can only do three pounds. And after about three or four reps, I had to hep it up. You're talking about somebody having to stand. Lord, why, why not, Lord? All I wanted to do is I want this one being be as strong as this one. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? We've all wavered. We've all wavered, but James begins to now transition us into the prayers of faith. So that's what we're going to talk about over the next couple of verses, starting in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? I believe that's a rhetorical question because if you're breathing today, if you're breathing today, you're going through something. And even if you're on the mountaintop, get prepared. Life is going to continue Life is going to continue, and there will be opportunities for us to go through some suffering. But he says, if you are suffering today, said, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? That word means weak and feeble. Is there anyone among you sick? It also says, let him call for the elders. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to have, as God has already said, just like in freedom. Raise your hands if you've been through freedom in here. Nearly half of the room. What this, this is going to look like in about another five or ten minutes. We're going to have some, some, some prayers up here. Prayers of the righteous, the scripture lets us know availeth much. And we're going to have them lined out here. And we're going to have an opportunity to do as James says here, it he says not only be just a, a hearer of the word, but to also to be a what? A doer of the word. And we're going to have an opportunity to pray with some of the leaders in our church. It says, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And we know from a scriptural perspective that oil is nothing but a symbolism of the presence of the Holy Spirit and we already know that the Holy Spirit is in this room. We already know that furthermore, for the life of the believer, the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So we're putting the enemy on notice right now that when we get these prayers up here and we're gonna come in full faith and we're gonna trust God to do what he said he would do in his word. You may have grown weary, but as we come today, unified in the truth and in the word of God, we're going to trust and believe him again. We're going to trust him to reestablish the word in our, in, in our hearts. We're going to trust ourselves to put that seed back into the dirt. We may not understand how he's going to do it, but the scripture lets us know, or the song that we sing lets us know, that even when I don't see it, he's what? He's working. And sometimes, guys, we get caught up in what we see. But trust and know. That the Holy Spirit is working. He is working. He may not line up with your timeline, but he is working. We have to remain steadfast. James in the 15th verse says this. And the prayer of faith will save. Will save. That word in the Greek is sozo, and it means to make well. It literally means to to save Raise your hand if you believe God can make well those situations that you're going through in your life. I believe he can make well. I can believe he can work miracles. I believe he is still in the miracle working business. I'm a living witness. If you've given your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, that's a miracle right there. We can go ahead and ask those that are going to be on the prayer team to come up front here. Go ahead and start making your way. It says, The prayer of faith will save the one who was sick and weary, and the Lord will raise him up. A reminder of a scripture who that says that, that, that the, God's word will not return unto him void, and that's what we're going to pray today. We're going to pray today that God will be truthful to His word, and His word says that it will not return him unto Him void. In fact, it says it will accomplish the purpose into the things in which we have sent it into. So on this day, we're going to speak the word of God into your situation. Whatever that situation that we, we're going to speak the word of God into it. And the scripture lets us know that it will not return unto him void. We serve a God that cannot lie. He cannot lie. And he has spoken the truths and the promises of his word. And that's what we're going to stand on today. And, and he goes on to say, if he has committed sins... He will be forgiven. We have to know that there's no condemnation in the life of the believer. But sometimes Satan will come in and beat us down and depress us with so much and we get condemned. But scripture lets us know here that he'll be faithful to forgive us of our sins. Therefore, confess your sins in the areas, basically what we're saying here is is to come clean in those areas of your life to where you may have fallen away from the word of God. This isn't, this isn't about you just communicating your sins to somebody. We just want to pray. We just want to line up and, and come in agreement with you. Believing that one can put a thousand a flight in that too. Can do greater works than that. We just want to come and stand alongside of you. It says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. These are righteous people here. And the prayers that they're going to pray, scriptures let us know, is going to do great works. It's going to do great works in your life. We're talking about the prayer of faith. A prayer that believes when there's not a whole lot to look at and say, I believe, but it still believes. A prayer that hopes when it looks like there is no hope. A prayer that trusts God even when the enemy is still throwing fiery darts at you. A prayer without condemnation, a prayer that is, that is anchored in Christ and God's word and his will. We have to be anchored. A prayer that trusts in God's sovereignty, that trusts in his plan, and not the plan that maybe you've created, and not just in your timeline. What are you anchored in today, church, is the question. What are you anchored in? A prayer of faith trusts God's will and is anchored in his word. It is anchored in his word. Whatever you're anchored to will determine your faith's outcome. We have to be anchored in the word of God. It will either solidify your faith or it will shake your faith. It all depends on what you're anchored in. We have to also know that as we're going to be praying these prayers of faith that prayer doesn't change God's heart it changes our heart. When we talked earlier about establishing ourselves, all that we're saying is that we want to get back in line with God's heart. We want to get back in line with God's will. And if you feel like you've been having to to bombard the gates of heaven to get your prayer through, I want to change your perception of the God that loves you, whose son Jesus is interceding for you right now. Guys, you ain't got to kick open the doors of heaven. God's heart is for you. His heart is toward you. I've heard people say, I'm just bombarding heaven. Man, my God is with me. He is for me. You don't have to kick open the doors of heaven. Scripture lets us know that he hears our prayers. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. We got to continue the search and the seeking of God. He'll draw near to you. It is so important for us to know that God heals 100% of righteous people. I've given you a demonstration or an example earlier. Like I, I, my arm, I, I still can't do as much as this arm. Am I healed? The scripture says what? By stripes I'm healed. End of story. Period. Guys, that's where we have to stand. I'm not denying that it's weaker than this one, but I'm not quoting that either. We got to stand on the truth and the word of God. It simply states, I'm the one that healeth thee. It simply states that by your stripes I am healed. End of story. We walk not by sight, but by faith. God heals. James 5 and 17 and 18, and we're closing with this. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit I like what he said right out the gate Elijah was just like me I know sometimes we read the book the Bible's like we're reading a, a comic hero book or something like that they were men just like us they were women just like us and they persevered. Persevered until the earth bore its fruit. You may have been standing for a while and you may be wondering, where's the fruit? I encourage you today with the word of God, continue to stand. The earth will bear its fruit. God's word will not return until him void. We must remain patient. Hebrews 11 and 39 and 40, it goes on to say, and all these, though commended, through their faith did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. That something better that that scripture is talking about. is talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. That something better is here in the form of the Holy Spirit. That something better is right here in this room today ready to continue to stand with you. Verse 8, which we read earlier. Verse 8 says, we must establish our hearts. We must establish our hearts. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do you believe that the coming of the Lord is at hand? Do you believe? Do you really believe? Do you truly believe that the coming of the Lord is at hand. But we're going to have an opportunity. Go ahead. You can give him a round of praise. You can give him a round of praise because we're believing that he's going to do some work in here today. For some of us, we're having to get reestablished today. We've gone weary. For some of us, we've been fighting it in our own strength, trying to overcome it in our own strength. So we're to get established. So whatever that thing is in your life today, we want you to know that God has not moved. God has not moved. He is still, he is still fighting for you to this, at this very, very moment. So I'm going to wrap up in prayer. And in my prayer, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you those things in your life that you may need to come up here and to get prayer and, and come into an agreement with someone today. And we just going to believe that God is going to do what he is famous for. Father, we come to you now, Lord. We thank you, God, that you know all things. Lord, we know that you love us. God, we know that you have forgiven us, Lord, already of all sins. But, Father, we know also that your word tells us to pray for one another. Father, we're going to put your word in action today. We're going to trust and believe, God, that your word, that your word would not return unto you void. And God, as they come today, Lord, as your word has told us to, to, to bring all, all who labor to bring it all unto you, God, we're bringing it to you today. trusting God that you will hear our prayer as your word says. And God, that it will not return. Your word will not return unto you void. Father, even before we pray, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for what you're going to do in this house today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.